Hey, what is up? Welcome to this featured Friday episode of the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lofermento, and you are in for a real treat on this featured Friday episode because we are joined today by TG Thomas. TG is somebody who I've known for a very long time now, for years and years. We've connected on Facebook, we've been friends since then. TG has been an incredible supporter of my own growth. I've loved watching what TG does. He's a seriously brilliant entrepreneur and sales expert. He's a client conversion coach, a seven-figure sales expert. He helps coaches and consultants get maximum results from their organic and paid marketing efforts by teaching a highly effective, integrity-based conversational selling approach. And you're gonna see that in action in today's episode because TG goes really deep on his approach to selling. He's personally produced over a half billion dollars in sales. He loves serving people who love to serve and he enjoys teaching how to get more clients using what he calls his unselling system. I promise you, when you hear about the unselling system, you're never gonna forget it. It's always, I, I love TG and what he does in his business because I always think of his unselling approach and the way that I do business and he shares so much of those insights here in today's interview. So before we jump into that, I just want to remind you that the Launch Coalition is now open for applications. The Launch Coalition is a community of growth-minded entrepreneurs who all believe in the power of collaboration, the power of strength in numbers, the power of going and growing together. So if you're looking for your crew, if you're looking to grow with a community of entrepreneurs who are in the trenches, in the work, doing the work that matters alongside you, I'd love for you to join us at launchcoalition.com. That's launchcoalition.com. Check it out. All the information there. Otherwise, sit back, enjoy this interview, because here we are with T.G. Thomas. I hope you're ready for it. Let's dive in. Excited to have you here on the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. It's long overdue. Let me officially welcome you to the show. Hey, Brian. I'm so excited to be here as well. It's been it's definitely been too long, but I've always enjoyed our conversations. Likewise. Now, I already talked listeners' ears off about how awesome you are in your bio, but in 60 seconds or less, I want them to know who is TG the man, not just the entrepreneur. Well, I've been. I consider myself. Super fortunate. Uh, I, I've been married for 23 years, awesome wife, two amazing kids. And I, one of the things my wife and I always had said was important to us was to be there for our children, raise our kids, be there, never send them to daycare. We've never ever sent them to daycare. They've been homeschooled. And because of my businesses, we've been able to travel all over the world and actually give our children a first, you know, kind of a first, uh, you know, right up front type of opportunity to learn history from actual places rather than the books. So I feel unfortunate. My businesses have been great. Uh, I, I am an entrepreneur. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I uh, love helping other people as well. Uh, I'm sure you've shared with your tribe all the things that I've done. But in terms of answer your question, the thing that really motivates me is doing things with my family, for my family, and serving people and helping them kind of get from where they're at 
to, you know, uh, the, the journey of where they want to be with my experiences. Heck yeah, I love it. TG, I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you a question that I love asking entrepreneurs because I know we all get asked this a million times, which is, TG, what do you do? How do you answer that question? <laughs> well, the, the challenge with me for that one is I, I have several businesses. <laughs> so really, I mean, my, my main thing is sales training. Uh, I have been you know, in the sales industry for 31 years now. Wow, it seems like when I hear that number, it's, it's crazy old. So basically what I do is I, I share with people how to have a conversation and without using any type of high pressure, how to get people to say yes more than half the time that you talk to them. So really, that, that that's what my superpower is, I guess, just sharing that with people. Awesome. And obviously, that leads us naturally into the bulk of what our conversation is going to be about today, which is you've coined something. TG, ever, ever since we first met, we met many years ago on social media. I've always remembered you as the unselling guy. Like, I love that term for you. What does unselling mean to you? So unselling, uh, so I guess I would call it the unselling system. Unselling in just the, the briefest definition just means anti-high pressure. So it's a no pressure way to sell. A lot of times when people will think about sales people or the sales industry, there's a negative cloud that hangs over it because most people think about, you know, the, the sleazy sort you know, car salesman or the high pressure guy, the fast talker. So I've been, you know, doing really well in sales because I have conversations with individuals and I, and when they're done, they don't think that it's been a sales call. So really unselling Brian is, is just how to sell to people without using any type of high pressure, using an integrity-based process. That's awesome. And it's funny, you and I both work a lot with different entrepreneurs, beginner entrepreneurs, more experienced entrepreneurs, six, seven-figure businesses. And for one reason or another, I don't know about you, but I always see newer entrepreneurs resorting to those sleazier car salesman-esque techniques that you talked about. Why do you think that is? What is it with people mimicking the worst part of the selling world? Yeah, so it's really interesting you say that because, yeah, that is so true. And the thing is, most of those people that use the high pressure when they sell never want to be sold that way. If they go to a, you know, to buy something, they don't want to be sold the way that they sell. So I, that's something that always got to me like, man, how would, any, how, why would anybody ever want to sell to other people in a way that they don't feel aligned with? And I, the answer to your question really is that's kind of what's out there. When you think about the, the top sales gurus out there, a lot of them are used to just using these type of techniques that have been around for 50, 60 years. And the thing is, nowadays, we have a more sophisticated consumer. And the people nowadays have access to social media. They've got Google. They can do a lot of searching. They've got Yelp and all these different thing, assets at their, you know, at, at their fingertips. But people haven't changed the way that they sell for the most part, which I always thought was very, very interesting. So I think that, well, it's not that I think because I've spoken to thousands of people and really gotten input. Many people feel that there's no other way, that the training that's out there is really outdated, but it's geared towards using techniques and just trickery to get people to say yes. So I, I don't, you know, the people just don't know there's an option out there. So that's really why it's so prevalent, Brian. Yeah, let's call out some of those things. Give me some of those, and I love the fact that I think we all do it, TJ. We all pick on car salesmen. Let's keep picking on them and let them represent kind of the old, outdated sales, really direct and to the point, high-pressure selling systems. Let's call out some of those strategies and trickeries, as you call them, that you see those types of salespeople using, and then flip it on its head and give us the alternative way, because I do think you're right in that people have never seen the alternative way 
Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it is a shame that the car salesman is the one that's <laughs> the, the, the the picture, right? The the meme that's out there. And it's a shame because there there are a lot of great sales uh, car salespeople out there, but they're not using those those those, those uh, tactics that were taught years ago. So one of the ones that comes to mind, and again, I was when I first came into the sales industry, I was trained to use these tactics, and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't I don't like this stuff. And that's really I started a, a journey when I was younger to find a way to sell that people are going to just feel happy about the experience. So one of the first things I learned, Brian, one of those techniques, there's you know, a bunch of them out there, was something called the feel, felt, found method. Have you ever heard of that before? No, tell us more about that. So the feel, felt, found, and you know, people that have been in selling experiences really as the buyer, you know, buyer uh, on the other side may be familiar when I once I explain what this is, but what it is is in any situation where there is an objection or something negative that's presented to you, what you want to do is, is and again, this is a tactic that's trained on a lot of sales floors, is to use feel, feel, feel. And how that works, and let's say that you came to me and said, well, I'm not sure this is right for me because, you know, it, it's going to take a lot of my time. Feel, feel, feel would be like this. Well, Brian, I felt exactly the same way. You know, until, you know, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, feel, feel, feel. So, Brian, I know exactly how you feel. I felt the same way when I started this business until I found out how I can structure my time. Does that make sense? Yeah, so for sure. It, no, it doesn't matter what they say. I don't have the money. I want to <laughs> think about it. You use feel, feel, feel. Now, if it, there's a genuine feel behind it and it's this, that's something people have experienced, there's a way to talk about your experiences, but it's taught to you as a technique just to use whenever situations happen. And the way I flip it the other way is if someone does say something to me now, when I teach unselling, I have a specific way the conversations go because it really is a conversational approach to selling where you connect, you spend the time to connect with your future clients and customers and then you discover, you discover really why they're there. I mean, what is the pain that they're going through or what is the pleasure that they're seeking? And when you really dig in and, and spend the time to find that out, people are going to know. They're going to know, wait a second, this person's taking the time to listen to me. And then if they are going to bring up something like, I'm not sure if this is going to work or I don't have the time, just you can call back to that conversation. Well, let me ask you, when you told me about A, B, and C, how, tell me a little bit more about that. Was that something that, that really that you want to see changing in your business? Can you share a little bit more about that with me? And then you start a dialogue. So instead of over-techniquing someone, you're literally finding out a little bit deeper about some of the things they share with you initially. And again, when people see that you are really truly trying to help them and not just trying to sell them, they're going to end up buying from you if you can get them to really see the value in your business, or your, your product or service. Yeah, I love that. And it's, it's definitely something that I like to say all the time, which is the easiest way to prove to somebody that you can help them is to actually help them. And I think that's why you and I have connected so well over the years, because you do believe in genuinely the power of providing value and giving people value. And you know that in making money is an inevitable byproduct of giving people value. So I want to hear from you in your terms as a sales expert. What sort of value, what's what's the fine line between giving someone value to initiate a sales conversation versus pushing them towards a sale or are they one and the same? So uh, good question. I, I want to just touch on one thing that you just said like 30 seconds ago 
I got an email from a top guru, I'm not going to say any names, and it said that you cannot be a nice guy, <laughs> right, and, and, and sell. That was, the, that was the, the, the whole point of the emails, you can't be nice and sell. And I really beg to differ with that. I tell people, you can't just be nice and sell. So there's a difference there. But I tell people, you can be so nice and professional and sell without being uh, you know, a sleazebag. You really can't. So because there was something you just said about, you know, the, the way that you do it and your approach and just you're looking to help people. And that's what I tell people all the time. Detach. Detach from the sale and focus on actually helping people. So to get to the point about value. So the way that I define value, because value, if you hear it's an overused term, if you really think about it to a point where people hear the word value, they go, oh, my gosh, here we go again. Somebody else talking about value. I really wish somebody would define value for me. And that's part of the problem. Right? People don't know what exactly this value is. So when I'm working with my students and my clients, uh, what I have them look at is that there, there's something that I call an inequation that I teach to my uh, clients. And what it is is, and if people are listening to this, grab a piece of paper, uh, you know, pause it or whatever, and write it down. Or if you listen to it live, just write this down. It's so important. And it's when V. So letter V is greater than P equals S. So when V is greater than P equals S, what that means when your value that you create is greater than the price. And sometimes my clients also say pain, like pain points, is when you're going to get the sale equals sale. So value greater than price equals sale. And what that is is when people are telling you, when you first ask them, when you meet them, what, what brought you on this call? What prompted you to go through this entire video uh, that, that you saw on my website. Why did you fill out that questionnaire and ask to book this call? They're going to tell you what their wants are, what their desires are, what their dreams are. And that is going to be the foundation of value creation. Because when they start telling you all these things that they want, and let's say they have got A, B, C, and D. They got four things that they want. Where people lose the sale is when you start talking about your program Instead of going over things that are going to help them with A, B, C, and D, they focus on E, F, G, and H, things that have nothing to do with those. So when you focus on E, F, G, and H, and they want A, B, C, and D, it is, there's no value created, right? There's no value at all. But when you can start showing the correlation of what they want to what you can provide and actually help them out with, that's where value is created. The more you can do that, the more you can truly listen to what they what they're saying, ask those follow questions, really get kind of below the below the surface and find out what their true true why is, is going to help you create that value. So that's the way that I define value, and it's been working for me for years. I love that, TG. There's so many things I want to dive really deep into what you just said, but. The first thing that I hear on the surface, I'm going to whip out one of my favorite quotes of all time. The first thing that I hear is the discovery part of the call, which is with our prospects, with anyone we're talking to, let's actually take the time to listen to them. Let's get take the time to hear what their pain points are, to hear what their desires are. And TG, my brain can't help but think of that Henry Ford quote where he always says, if I asked my customers what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. Now, you're an expert sales guy. You've had enormous success across multiple different industries. So I want to pick your brain here and ask you, what is that fine line where you, as someone who's selling something, you as a service provider, where does it come in that you know 
You know what they don't know. You can lead them to a place where they don't even know that they're looking. How do you balance that fine act right there? Yeah, it definitely is a fine act. And this is where a lot of times people lose the sale because what happens is they put their perceived needs of what they feel that the market truly wants or like, I mean, I'm sorry, what they truly need, what they believe they need. They force that need onto a specific uh, potential client. And if if that potential client wants something else, they're not going to buy. They're not going to buy because of what you think that they need. So here, here's an example. I, I went out with my wife a few years ago. My, my daughter had just, uh, you know, learned how to drive, got her license, was excited. And, you know, we gave her the car that, you know, my wife is driving. So my wife and I said, you know, let's go out and get a car for you. I said, what is, what is it that you are looking for? She goes, listen, I obviously I want the car to look nice, but I am concerned about safety. That's, that's what I'm concerned about, safety in the car. That's it. The uh, airbags, you know, how the, the crash tests go, things like that. So that is what her want was. When we went to the dealership, so there was one dealership that did ask the right question, but two of the three dealerships we went to, we explained to them what we were looking for. And what they did is they projected what their, what we would think that we wanted to hear. Now, they knew that the car was a great car and for us to be in that car would be awesome, but they didn't get across the you know they, they didn't really focus on what our wants were so they were focused on things like the engine the performance the sleek lines the cup holders right <laughs> the v8 so all these type of things so they were thinking hey we're going to get this person into our car because we know it's the best car for them but but they didn't focus on the right things so another thing that a lot of times you'll hear in sales is focus on what people want and when they buy from you, they're going to get really what they need. So the key here is you do want to focus on their wants because, again, if you just thrust what you think that they need on them and they don't want those things, no matter how good it is for them, they're not going to buy it. They're not going to buy. So really the fine line is really to kind of pull back and, and figure out how you can get them to understand a little bit more in depth and, and it, if they want certain things, asking them questions so they can get some clarity. Because here's the thing, just because they want some things, people may not really know what it is that they're wanting. They'll say, hey, listen, I want this. I want A, B, and C. But if somebody comes to you and say, hey, listen, I want to make $10,000 or I want to lose you know, 20 pounds, they, don't really, they, they may think, wait a second, I want to make money and I want to lose weight. But really – what, would, would it be okay if you lost 12 pounds? Where did the 20 come from, right? So if you ask questions, you may find out that the person who wants to lose 20 pounds may only really need to lose eight. And guess what? You, if you have a program that can show them how to use eight pounds in, in two weeks, you have a good chance of making a sale. If somebody says they want to make 10,000 a month and you ask them questions, they found out, wait a second, you only, only need to make 3,200 more a month. And they'll be like, oh yeah, I didn't really think about that. So the thing is, you can actually get a little bit more deeper in, in depth and clarify that want that they have to the point that they're going to understand with more clarity. So that is the, the, the balance there is. You really want to focus on what they want, but you can get more clarity to really get them to see that, hey, this is really what you truly want because I've just asked some questions and, and, and it helped you figure that out. 
I love that. And man, TG, just, just in the amount of time that you spent talking specifically about wants versus needs, it's counter to a lot of the knowledge that we hear from the so-called gurus when it comes to selling, where there's like, give them what they need, give them what they need, and you'll make money. And, and you just address it. It's not necessarily true. You do have to focus on those wants. And I like that you talked about that. One of the things you mentioned in your process of initiating kind of, or just having sales discussions, I'm not even going to call them pitches, is the connection. Let's go deeper into the connection part of a sales experience. And I know you're a huge fan of conversations as well. That's your style. Talk to us about how to establish that connection with anybody. So the, the, here's the thing with the connection. So when I'm actually teaching this, uh, you know, with people that invest in my courses, I actually spent a lot of time just on the connecting part. So it's, it's going to be hard to do everything just a few minutes. But here's what I'll tell you. The connecting part is not just getting them on the phone and the first few things that you ask. The connecting part actually happens way, way before they ever get on the phone. And the sad thing is from the time that people book an appointment with you to the point that you get that you actually have that first call, there could be two days that pass, three days, four days. There could be time that's passing and those people are going to forget why they even booked the appointment, right? So what you want to do is you want to focus on that, you know, the, the thing I talked about wants and needs are super important. The, the, here's the thing, though, within a specific market, whether it be weight loss, whether it be uh, learning how to write a book, you know, uh, learning, you know, uh, starting a business online, any type of business, there is a there's a general population and there are some commonalities with the things that they're wanting, right? There's needs that you're going to feel that you, you know, especially if you're really good at what you do and you've been doing it for a while and you've talked to a lot of people, you're going to be like, wait a second, I know these are things that my market needs help with and this is what they want. Well, if you know that, spend some time really, you know, preparing for the call with all those things in mind and not just those type of things that they're wanting and, you know, you are perceiving that they're needing, but also what the objections are. What are some reasons that the sale may not go through? Are they going to say, hey, I need to think about it. I'm not sure if I'm going to fit this into my schedule. I'm not sure if this is right for me. Hey, listen, I've hired other coaches before and I've been burned. So if you know your market does all these things, this is part of connecting. So from the time that they book, you should have ways that they can see exactly uh, the things that they need to see, you know, send them emails via video. Uh, if you use uh, messenger bots, doing things on messenger or via text, but giving them access to testimonials, different pieces of the puzzle. So when they get on the phone with you, they're like, oh, wait a second. This is Brian. Brian, this, he's awesome. I mean, I've seen he's just not some guy off the street. I kind of know that this is like the kind of person I resonate with because I've seen what he's done and how he's helped other people. Also, I was thinking that this was going to be an objection, but you know, that I'm happy. I was thinking about this part, but now that I've seen that he's already worked with people and gotten them to be successful and they're just like me, I'm, I'm really excited about this call. So the connecting part is a lot to do with what you do before they ever end up showing up on the call. And then the actual way to get into discovery is when you get on the phone with them, you know, you can have some pleasantries, but do not spend a whole lot of time talking about the weather and sports and all the kind of <laughs> other things. You know, people's time is super valuable. I spend very minimal time on there and I get right to starting off the conversation, which I'm there to help them. Right? I'm not here just to become their friend. I want to help them is what motivated this call. 
what did what what's happened for you to motive you know to, that's motivate you to book this call and that's going to start on my path to discovery because they're going to start telling me what their hot buttons are and then i can start asking more questions to get deeper I love that. TG, you said it would be difficult to do in a few minutes, but man, that was like a ton of knowledge bombs right there. So I absolutely loved hearing that answer. I'm going to make every single one of my students listen to that answer and re-listen to that answer a ton of times. So thanks for your insights there. One thing that we haven't talked about just yet, and you've mentioned it a million times, and it's something I've personally tried to fight for 13 years of my entrepreneurial career, is the phone. I always wanted to believe that as an online entrepreneur, I don't necessarily have to be on the phone selling to people, but for 13 years, consistently I found you get on the phone, you're going to have the greatest chances of closing this sale. TG, talk to me about why the phone is such an important sales vehicle. Yeah, it's absolutely important. Um, now, if you're an online marketer, uh, you may have products or, or lead magnets or you know things that are maybe twenty-seven dollars, thirty-seven, you know, maybe even up to you know two ninety-seven, a little bit higher. And, and you know, you don't need to have a phone t- team or, or get on the phone yourself to do certain you know certain sales. But as the price pre- you know goes up for investment. You know, people like to talk to some other, you know, they, they want to talk to an individual to make sure, hey, I want to know that there's a person behind this website that I'm seeing. So usually as, you know, you don't need to get on the phone for $27 products, but if you're selling something that's $997, $1997, you know, a little bit higher, uh, yeah, you want to get on the phone. You want you want to get on the phone and, and it, it's something that's scalable as well, which is if people are looking to get multiple six figures or seven figures or multiple seven figure businesses, it's gonna be really hard for you to stay on the phone doing one-on-one sessions all day, right? So I, I, I tell people it's important for you to get on the phone eventually, and then once you figure it out, then you can look at scaling, bringing other people in to get on the phone instead of you getting on the phone, then you can start working kind of on your business instead of in the business. But the phone, Brian, is super, super crucial because it really gets people to feel better about making a bigger investment because there's a reality behind it because they're actually speaking to someone live. Yeah, it makes sense. And like I said, it's something I've definitely fought for so many years. I do want to hear your perspective because one of the biggest objections I do hear about relying on phone sales is exactly what you said, which is scalability. And I know you're a huge fan of phone teams and I know that you believe and, and you know from experience that this is something that can be scaled. This is something that can be taught. It doesn't just have to be you. And I think as entrepreneurs, we love to shoulder that responsibility of it has to be me. Talk to me about scaling up a phone sales team. Yeah, so I mean, I have my own phone sales team as well, and we work with entrepreneurs who get to a certain point, and they're like, you know what? I, I want to serve more people. I want to make more money. I, I just, I just have to, and I can't do it myself. So I always tell people, it's really so. This isn't like technology. Like I'm not a big tech guy, <laughs> you know. So certain things on tech kind of freak me out. So I can understand people not want to do tech themselves, but selling. You are you, you. Everyone's got to get into their mind that you are a salesperson. You are a salesperson. I have people tell me, "Oh my gosh, I'm not a born salesperson. I'm not even a good salesperson." I tell people, "You got to look at things a little bit differently." I mean, I say, "Listen, if you're in a relationship, if you're married, you have a spouse, significant other, well, you're a salesperson, right? Because you sold them that you're good enough to be partnered up with them, right? <laughs> if you've got kids, you get them to eat vegetables. I mean, you, you, the selling is such a big part of our life. So it's important for people to do it initially themselves. Now, once you've done that 
and you are like, wait a second, I want to grow other parts of my business or I want to you know, focus on other areas like maybe content creation or social media and I don't want to be on the phone. Well, yeah, then you want to look at scaling and scaling really what it is is once you get on the phone and you get a script, you get a process that works, you can start recording these. I mean, there's things out there like Loom and QuickTime and all these cool features where you could actually record videos and put them into a training area. And, and then you can start training people, right? Like, especially if you've got clients, if you've got clients that love what you do, are raving fans of, you, of what you have to offer, you could even get one of them to work with you as maybe a coach or maybe elevate them to a sales manager. My, my sales manager today, he started as a coworker for me. He, I mean, really, I was uh, a little bit senior to him, but we used to work together. And I found that he was aligned with a lot of my values and then he started you know, selling for me and then I elevated him to sales manager. So there's things like that that you can do in terms of scaling, but I always tell people, get on the phone first, find out a way that you can get sales, you know, the, coming in your system. And then when you're ready to move up, you have to have a process. You have got to have a system where you can get other people to come in, uh, learn your system, again, through recordings, through trainings, through weekly uh, you know, training sessions, daily training sessions, to the point that they can start picking up and taking over for you. Awesome. Let's talk to the entrepreneurs and entre and beginner entrepreneurs out there who are listening to this conversation, TG, and they're like, this doesn't sound too hard. I mean, basically, I have to get on the phone, ask some strategic questions, but then what? Talk to us about the pitch. How do you transition from that discovery to actually closing a sale on the phone? Yeah, this is something everyone, I'm telling you, everyone can do it. And, and that's what thing excites me that that entrepreneur, the beginning entrepreneur market, Brian, because literally people overcomplicate things so much. They're like, oh my gosh, I need to get a landing page. I need to get an autoresponder. I got to do this. I got to do that. You know, all these, you know, no, you don't. <laughs> you need to have a phone <laughs> and a way to get people to talk to. That's it. I mean, you can use things like Google Drive and Dropbox, for, which are free, right, to store your content, or you can just do weekly calls. It's simple, right? So so don't overcomplicate things if you're looking at things for the first time. Brian's a, a great guy to follow because he knows he's been doing it for years. The thing is to get to the pitch is, to me, when I do it, it's very, uh, the, the close is what I t tell people. It's not exciting when people hear my close. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's it? Yeah, it's it because I've done all the selling during discovery, Discoveries where I do the selling. So when you're pitching people, literally the way that I connect things is, uh, you know, on a sales car, I break it up into four parts. You have the connecting part, which is what I explained is the pre-call along with getting that transition into finding out why they're there. Discoveries where you're really digging in and finding out not what their surface wise and surface wants are, but their deep wise and their deep wants. What, what is exactly is it? Why do you want all this stuff? You know, what, what, what's happening in your life? What's happening in your business? Share that with me a little bit. Once you find that out, you are going to know exactly what you have to connect to establish value. So you transition to presenting and the presenting is really what your offer is, what your service is, how it's going to be transformative for them. And I'm telling you, if you do it the right way, you're going to sell literally in discovery and presenting to the point that when you're asking for the money, here's the thing, you got to ask for the money. It is not going to happen by osmosis. No matter how awesome you are, no matter how awesome your, your product or service is, how great your coaching is, you have to ask for the sale. You have to ask for the sale. 
So uh, yeah, so then I, you know, when, when I train, I say go from presenting to letting them know the next step, the next step of this process to get you going so we can get you A, B, C, and D is to become a client. That's what the next step is. <laughs> it's TJ, it sounds like such a natural progression and it makes me laugh and it makes me smile, especially when you said that your pitch is boring or the close is boring because I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking of all my conversations and I'm like, Man, yeah, it is. Like the the whole purpose of the conversation is to make the close the easiest part. So I love that that's a view that you share and something that you preach. And obviously, you're a master at those types of things. I do want to touch on. I know we're running out of time in this interview, but it's such an important topic. And you're a master of dealing with objections. I want you to talk a little bit about objection handling and some of the biggest mistakes that you see entrepreneurs making when it comes to handling objections. Yeah, yeah, and we didn't get a chance to talk about this before, but but I but I do have a gift uh, for your tribe if if it's okay, um, and it has to do with what you just brought up. It's this is the number one thing that I hear people is how do I overcome objections, and the thing with unselling is when you do it the right way, you hardly get objections because part of what I teach is how to incorporate that into your uh, pitch, right, into your talk, so you don't get objections. The thing with objections is you got to ask yourself, I'm really one of those guys, like when I was going through school, when I was told things, like especially with math, right? I was told these shortcuts or, you know, all these type of things. I like to figure things out on my own. I wanted to figure things out among us because I, I knew that if I needed to prove it in the future, it was easier for me to understand where things started. So the thing with objections is I like to know where do they come from? Why do objections happen? And typically there's there's a fear associated with it. There's, you know, sometimes people just have a fear of action, you know, fear of, you know, negative things happening again for them. Uh, you haven't provided enough value. Sometimes they just don't need it as well, right? So if you haven't qualified really well, they may just not need it. So there's different reasons you get the objections. But here's the thing I tell people, if you are using an unselling or an integrity-based process and you're doing that for do connecting to discovery to presenting and now you're asking for the money, and what I call the close, what I teach my students is we don't call it a close. We call it an MBO, MBO, which stands for Mutually Beneficial Outcome. Because I, I tell people, listen, you want to have a win-win scenario, situation. That's what you want. You want it to be win-win. And when you are consistent and all of a sudden an objection comes out, like, Brian, this looks good, but I just can't afford it. I don't know if I can come up with the money. Or, Brian, I'll give me a few days. Let me think about it. What I hear is people leave that state that they're in. They leave that unselling, integrity-based state. And then they go, oh, my gosh, are you sure you don't want to do this? Uh, <laughs> you know, I want to be able to give you so many things. You need payments? I could give you 12 payments. All of a sudden, they break that state, and then they sound like every other salesperson that that person's talked to. And it doesn't matter at that point. You've lost a sale. So what I do is I, you know, don't let objections flap you, right? I mean, I always tell people most of the time you're going to get what I call concerns. So concerns are different than objections. Objections sometimes can be looked at as, hey, I'm just looking at a way to get off of this call without buying. And most of the time I tell people you're really getting more concerns and objections because sometimes people say, you know what? I don't know if I could fit this into my budget. I don't know if I have the time to do this. Uh, I'm not sure if this is exactly like other things that I bought before. Is this exactly the same? So they're asking you type of, hey, help me out. I'll tell you right now, most people would like to buy from you. Most people would want to not shop around. They don't want to talk to five different coaches and you know companies to find out the best deal. 
They'd rather just find one person that they can trust, believe that's going to help them, and give you the money. Well, be that person. So when someone says to me, hey, you know what, TG, I'm not really sure that I've got the money for this. So I hold my state. I don't go into high-pressure mode. I just ask them, so Brian, let me ask you this. When you say that you don't have the money, can you just clarify that a little bit? What do you mean by that? So I don't lose any state because here's the thing. I can try to sell them, but I'm going to sound like everybody else. The best salesperson when you're talking to a future client or customer is them. They're the best salesman, not you. So I do everything that I can to get them to sell themselves. So I'll ask them, can you clarify that? And then people say, listen, you know, it looks good, uh, but I'm not sure if I can afford it now. You know, my situation is challenging. You know, start coming up with excuses. And sometimes people will say these things to see how people respond. And when they tell me that I ask them one question, and this is just with this objection, Brian, is if you could afford this, if you had the money in your bank right now, would you do this? Would you do this program? Would you do my program right now? And almost every time, what are people going to say? Yeah. They're going to say, yeah. And this is where sales, most people, salespeople lose the call again because they will ask that. I've heard some calls and they'll ask that. And then they go, okay, whoa, great. So <laughs> I really want to do this. I don't do that. When they say yes, what I do is I ask them why. Why do you want to do it? Well, you, you sound pretty excited. But why do you, why though? Why, why do you want to do this program? And what I do is I have them sell me over and over again. I tell them, well, you know, I want to do it, Brian, because, you know, uh, it sounds like your coaching is a little bit different because, you know, you do weekly sessions, you do hot seats. And, you know, when I told you that I had some trouble with people, with being heard and people don't want to listen to my suggestion, you were telling me that you have a community that's literally going to listen to me and help me out of the situation that I am. I'm so excited about that. And so then I'll tell, listen, it sounds like you're pretty excited you want to do this. Now, it sounds like money may be a little bit of a obstacle or concern, but what are you going to do to overcome that? How are you going to overcome that? And again, I put it on them. And then, and then, and then I'm telling you, the more you do this, it's going to become second nature. And people will start saying, you know what? You're right. I do need to find a way to get out of it because you are going to be able to help me. TG, I'll tell you what, man, all these years I've known you, I've always known you're brilliant. And that right there is you showing the world why you are so brilliant at everything you do. I absolutely, to me, it's, it's the greatest objection handling answer that I've ever heard ever. And TG, thanks for walking us through that. That was really, it was really thorough. It was a really good example. And it really walks us through not only the right way to handle it, but also your thought process behind handling it. So TJ, that was amazing. I thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. As the interview comes to an end, I do want to give you the chance to tell listeners where they can learn more about the unselling system, follow what you're doing, and of course, pick up that sales objection guide that you talked about. Absolutely. And I'm sure you're going to probably have a place to put this as well. But I, uh, I mean, I love Brian. I love what he's about. And I don't really offer this to, you know, I'm on a lot of podcasts and I don't offer this to all of my, uh, all the listeners of the people I work with. But because of, uh, you know, Brian, our, our, our relationship and I know how much he cares about his tribe, what I have is I've got a manual that is typically only available for my paid tribe members. 
And what it is is the top 10 objections out there and how to overcome them. And this is not like a simple one page or two page PDF. It's actually a manual that took time to put together. So I've got an email that I wanted to share with you and it's uh, support at unsellingsystem.com, support at unsellingsystem.com. If you just send an email in the subject line, just put Brian, just put Brian. In the subject line, I'm going to have my team get that out to you as soon as they get it. Now, I'm not sure how many we're going to get. If we get a ton of them, you may have to wait a day or two, but we will get that out to you as soon as possible. Uh, so again, to go to support at unsellingsystem.com and uh, just put Brian in an email. Just put, You don't have to put anything in the body. I mean, what you can do is if you like the podcast, share with me some of the things that you liked. I would love to hear that. And then I'll, I'll, I'll get that out to you. And then, you know, if, if everybody wants to learn more about what it is that, that we do, they can go to my uh, main website, which is unselling.net, unselling.net. And it'll share with them a short little video about how you can start using some of these things that I share with you right in your own business. But it's been awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Brian. And uh, I look forward to hearing the interview when it comes out with your tribe. Thank you so much, TG. So for everybody out there, that is a huge offer from TG. You are crazy if you don't take him up on that. So email support at unsellingsystem.com. If you don't have any time, just put Brian in the subject line, but I'd love it if in the body you wrote a nice note for TG, told him how much you learned from him on today's show. TG, I don't want us to need to wait another 400 episodes to have you back on the show. So I'm going to stay on top of you and have you back on again soon. All right. I appreciate that. Thanks so much. It was, it was great being here on the call. Thank you, TG. All right. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode of the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. If you're going through your entrepreneurial journey and you're wishing you had a community of fellow entrepreneurs to collaborate with, to think bigger with, to execute bigger ideas with, then I invite you to join the Launch Coalition. It's a community of growth-minded entrepreneurs who know that a rising tide lifts all boats. If you want to check out the Launch Coalition and join us, go to launchcoalition.com. I'll see you there.